you can do it see it with your mind's eye see what you are dreaming about welcome to becoming your dream podcast equipping you with what you need to make your dream a reality listen as Rudolf Mensa a doctor an author and a motivational speaker shares with you the why and how to manifest your dreams and now Rudolf Mensa Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Becoming Your Dream podcast. Today, I have a special guest on the show. We are going to have a conversation about what she's doing. I first got the opportunity to get in touch with her through a friend, and I think since then, we've been talking a lot about um, what Homeland Ghana is doing. And today, we have her on the show to talk about what Homeland Ghana is doing in Ghana and see how much we could all do to support this worthy idea. Welcome to the show, Rhoda. Hi. Can you tell us about yourself? Um, so my name is Rhoda Dinko. I am a politics and international relations graduate. Um, I was born in Ghana, but at the age of eight, I moved to the UK. So I've been in the UK ever since. Um, I pretty much grew up here, had all my education here, and... Yeah, I'm 23, um, so I think that's just pretty much a little bit about me. Okay, yeah, that's that's good to know. And so what we basically want to do today is to talk about Homeland Ghana. You tell us about Homeland Ghana. Um, so Homeland Ghana is an educational non-profit organization that I founded back in 2016. Um, since I grew up here in the UK, I hadn't gone back to Ghana until after 11 years and as I travelled through Ghana with my mum, the closer we got back to the Upper East, which is the region where I'm from, um, I started to see that there was a lot more deprivation in those rural areas and I wanted to do something about it. So Homeland Ghana initially started out as an idea that I was going to have an empowerment talk with a number of children and pupils in the Upper East region of Ghana every single summer. But as time went on, I realized that I didn't want to just appear and disappear every once in a while, motivate and empower these children. And then leave. I wanted to give them the resources. I wanted to give them the how-to on how to achieve their dreams. And it got a lot bigger than just that idea. I started networking with the Ghana Educational Board in the Upper East region to provide like services, to provide school materials, school books, new ways of um, supporting these young people in Ghana. So that's what Homeland Ghana really is. This is awesome. You remember the first time I was asking you about Homeland Ghana, I got really interested because um, that's how come I was able to get through school. You know, I was attending a school in a remote area in the central region of Ghana. And we had an NGO from the U.S. who would come in during the summer to do reading lessons with us. That was where I developed my desire to read. And once I started reading, I got to know what is happening around the world and my interest and my passion grew. And I got a scholarship from them to high school, to university. So it's, yeah, I feel so much like attached to what you're doing. And I feel like some people up there, that is the only opportunity they would ever have like to becoming something they're really dreaming about. So I'm very much interested in what you just talked about. So looking at you coming back to Ghana in 2016, right? Yeah. 
other people come back to Ghana and you know come back as tourists, take pictures, go back. What inspired you to start Homeland Ghana? Um, I think it was a realization that it could have been me. Mm. I'm in need of someone's help in the exact way that I'm trying to give it. Okay. I always think, had I not moved to the UK, what would my life have been like? Would I still see education as so important? And it's a lot about my family as well. My dad holds a PhD and he has always taught us how important education is. Yes, you can go on and be successful without education, but he always says that education is pretty much the surest thing you have to success. Um, amongst other things, I'm not getting other qualifications, but once you have a, an education, no one can ever really take that away from you. Um, so it's, it's just that lesson for my dad, that reminder for my dad. My parents need such an inspiration because they really use education to bring me and my family and my siblings here um, to give us this opportunity to learn. So I always think I want to give back to a young child what God gave to me. You know, I feel like I am, I have a platform, I have a lot of people that support me and support what I do and it really would be a waste not to pass those blessings forward to other young people who pretty much don't have a hope or any idea about what they're going to do beyond a certain point. Yeah, because like I was just trying to chip in, I had friends I grew mm. up with who didn't have the opportunity I had. And yeah. not to say they aren't successful, but where they are isn't where they really want to be because Definitely, they didn't get yeah. the opportunity. So this is really great. But starting out from three years ago, what has been some of the challenges you faced and how have you tried to surmount them? I think one of the biggest challenges is me not living in Ghana. It's a benefit, but it's also a challenge because I'm a person that I love to be on the ground. I love to see these young people. And I'm also like a nursery assistant. So I've pretty much learned how to treat uh, younger kids and what they need at that young age to be able to develop an interest in learning. So me not always being in Ghana to pass these lessons that I learned on, it can be difficult because I'm always trying to give my team the vision that I have. Another difficult thing would be um, getting people to always donate because I think charity has a bad kind of reputation. Yeah, right. And people don't always feel like the money goes where it ought to go. So a lot of time, my own money, my own funds um, go into Homeland Ghana, just so people know that this is like serious. This is something I'm very, very passionate about. And with or without help from anybody else, I still want to make it possible because this is such an important thing. Um, so yeah, I would say those two have pretty much been the, uh, the biggest challenges. And how I pushed through, I think the vision that it, and the inspiration, as I was saying, um, wanting to pass the blessings that I've, I have forward always helps me to push through all these challenges that come up. I agree with that, especially with you not being in the place where the activities are ongoing. One thing I realized with um, the NGOs I was working with was that they had ideas of how things were supposed to be done, and then there is the way things are done here. Yeah. And so, they, yeah. Anytime they come back, they say, "Okay, you should be doing this way." We talk about yeah. it. The teachers seem to understand, and then they go and they do something different. And yeah. so it yeah, was yeah. a struggle initially, but later they were the people here were able to catch up and understand what they were yeah. trying to do. So I believe that's what's going to happen over the years yeah. as you yeah, try I to. Agree with that, yeah. yeah, as you try to share your vision, you know, people will begin to buy into it and see Definitely. what you want to be done. And also on the charity issue, it's really big because of what others are doing. Most people mm -hmm. think that 
everyone has this interest, you know, personal interest among just using people as a front mm. line to get money from donors. But yeah, I see yeah. what you are doing, and I see that it is not for yourself. So what are you working on currently at Homeland Ghana? So currently, we want to renovate a school in the Upper East Region of Ghana in, in a village called Sinensi, and that is actually where my dad is from. And that's the first school I ever went to in Ghana. Wow. And I remember walking into the school. It was a summer holiday school. There was nobody at the school, and I saw the environment. So you had animals going into the classroom. You had no doors, no windows to classrooms. You had broken furniture and I actually began to cry and I think that was the moment I realized this is what I wanted to do so with that school I decided I want to renovate the entire school new blackboards and whiteboards new doors windows classroom furniture and to get more educational learning materials in those classrooms that's our next project and we've been fundraising for that for about a month or so and we're almost halfway with our target and so it's going pretty well for right now we're also selling t-shirts and things on our website fundraise for that as well as doing different challenges to get people, even if they can't donate, to, you know, become aware of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are going to share links to all of that in the description. So if you're listening and you want to be part of it, and like you said, maybe you're not ready to donate at this very moment you are listening to us or getting to know of homeland ghana you adding your voice to it like in our page on facebook instagram Definitely. it's just yeah. a way to draw your support into the project yeah okay so um and you will be coming to ghana this summer to oversee the project Yes, hopefully. The plan is um, to raise as much as I can um, for this month and next month. I will be there at the beginning of the month um, just to get everything going, to have some teacher training sessions, to paint the classrooms, get all those things on the way, ready for the the students when they come back to school in September. Mm. How has support been so far, you know, trying to liaise with the people, the school authorities, the community? Like, there was a state in Ghana where there was um, communal labor, where Okay. People try to support projects coming to their community. They try to mm-hmm. help in the way they can, not with money, but they can help yeah. with the labor and moving things around. Have you been able to make any like um, contact to those people with your community and how they are going to be part of the project? Yeah, that's actually a very good question because um, as you were saying before, me being here and planning projects for Ghana is very different when I go there and I see, okay, this is what I initially thought I could do. This is initially how I thought I could do it. And then I come there and there's so many rules, there's so many traditions there Mm. that I didn't really think of or Mm -hmm. know of. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it complicates everything. But we've had great support, especially since my family is from there. We talked to the chief. The chief is very, very supportive of our project. I even worked at the school for the time that I was in Ghana um, last year. I was in Ghana for eight months. Um, So I actually worked in a school, so I got to um, make a strong bond with the teachers, with the Ghana Educational Service, and the whole key um, stakeholders. I really got to make an impression on them, and I think they're very, very supportive of what we do. Um, The community, too, we recently did... um, a library renovation at the school where people even donated materials for us to complete that school building uh, and that library building. So I think we are well supported there and people understand how important it is to have their children in school and learning in the right environment under the right conditions. So it's been quite 
good so far. Right, I'm really happy to hear that. You do get that support from a lot of Ghanaian communities once they yeah. know how important what you are doing is. And I read and worked on your book in the East and I was sharing in my review. I've been to the Upper East once, I think back in 2018. I went okay. to the Northern region, to the Upper East and Upper West for a drug safety campaign with my team. Uh-huh. And it was one visit. So I knew a little about the region. So reading okay. your book was such an eye-opener and I felt a bit ashamed that I have someone outside write so much about the country I am in. <laughs> <laughs> And so I get to learn about the culture, a lot of things that you talked about. The book is part of, like, the things you are using to raise funds for the project. Yes. Okay, so tell us about the book. Um, so the book was inspired by the fact that not only had I not lived in Ghana my whole life, but the fact that I myself didn't know much about where I'm from. Um, so when I went to Ghana and I was there for the eight months, um, and I had my team together, after we did um, most of our project works, I said, I want to explore where I'm from. I want to know all these places. Um, I want to be familiar with where I'm from. Um, so if anyone ever asks me, I can actually tell them, yeah, this is where I'm from, and be confident and mm. be proud that I'm from there. Um, I found that a lot of the young people there always wanted to move out of the region. They didn't want to stay there. They didn't really know what was great about their region. So I said, I want to write this book so that people elsewhere in Ghana and even outside of Ghana know about the Upper East, know what is there, know why it's interesting to to go there. And I wanted these young people to feel proud of where they're from because after, when I was even writing the book, I was like, this place is amazing. Mm. And I hope whoever reads it, especially the students, when they read it, they like, they can boldly say they're from there and be proud that they're from there. So it's just um, me exploring the place and loving exploring the place. And I was like, I have to let everybody else know. And so that's what the book was about. Yeah, it definitely did that for me because and there was, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot I thought I knew and there was mm-hmm. a lot I got to know. And that is even yeah. um, familiar with a lot of people in Ghana from the south who mm-hmm. have never been to the north. You know, they get to hear yeah. a lot about the north, but they don't have not really been there to see what's going on. So it was really a nice way of trying to portray how the Upper East, you know, with all the culture and the lifestyle and everything up there. So I definitely recommend the book. We are going to leave the link to the book on the Homeland Ghana page, as well as the link to the Amazon in the description for anyone who wants to get a copy online. It is not just to support the project, but you're also going to enjoy um, such a well-written book. Thank you. You're welcome. As part of a tradition on the podcast, we always ask our guests to recommend three books for us because I believe that what you don't know is in a book you've never read. And what you don't know may be the reason why you are not moving forward. So for young people who are listening to the podcast, I always try to make sure I talk about reading as a culture that we have to develop Mm. in most Ghanaian communities. So what are three books you are going to recommend to us? Maybe they helped you at a certain stage of your life or why you think those books are important? Um, Okay, that's a very good question. So um, one book I'll definitely recommend is, it's called The Fisherman. Um, Right now I can't remember the author. But is is a Nigerian author, okay. and it's a really amazing book. Um, I read it, um, I think, two years ago, and it's still a book that I, I find myself reaching for every now and then. 
Um, I would also recommend The Purple Hibiscus. Mm-hmm. It's also by a Nigerian author. I'm a very big fan of um, African novels. Yeah, I see um, that. And another book, this, this will be for young readers. Um, so when I first came to this country, um, I couldn't read or write. So I had a teacher actually teach me to read and write. And the books that they, they gave to me were a collection of books by a UK author. They're called Biff and Chip books. They really help children with vocabulary with understanding what they read. And there's a whole series about lots of different stories that could really help young readers to develop. Yeah. And before we go, um, contact Duty's websites, any way people can link up with you, whether to support the project or to talk about what you're doing. Definitely, I'll say our Instagram page is one that everyone um, should follow. If we basically show everything that we do there, lots of insightful pictures, um, videos, just to let everybody know what we're always up to because I feel like accountability is a very, very big part of charity. Our website is www.homelandghana.org. You can find everything about the team, um, our gallery, our projects, our blog is there. Those two, I think. Uh, and our Amazon for our book, our Amazon website for the In the East book. All right, so we would, again, we'll leave all of those links in the description you just have to click on them and then you will get to the pages and you follow like and share to support the project thank you so much for having you today on the show Rhoda thank you so much for having me this was awesome yeah I really did enjoy our conversation and I even though I knew something about what you're doing I got to learn more about why you started it in the first place yeah thank you you're doing a great job too thank you for having me all right thank you and um goodbye all right thank you for joining us today we just had a conversation with Rhoda on the show i hope that you visit homeland ghana we are going to leave all the links in the description join us support us help share the message in any way that you can as we make education possible for young people in the upper east of ghana see you on the next episode thank you for listening to this podcast contact us on mobile plus 233-247-930-3800 or email us at rudolphmesa87 at gmail.com or doveinspires at gmail.com. Visit our website at www.rudolphmesa.com. Follow at any of the social media links below in the description. Don't forget to subscribe.